Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Man, today is a great day. And I normally say that. I'm very optimistic. But today is a day that I return to Crypto.com Arena for the first time since opening night. I said... Listen, I wasn't going to put myself through what they did a year ago to me. I wasn't going to passionately follow a Lakers team that was a below 500 team that wasn't even a playing tournament team. Wasn't going to do that to myself. Not only do they begin the season with losing the first game to the Clippers, they begin the season at 2-10. and It doesn't look like they're going to do anything. The trade deadline comes. Rob Palinka redeems himself, makes all the right moves. By the way, at the beginning of the trade deadline period, I was very uh, mad, like LeBron. By the way, LeBron, you know, he was upset, too, that they did not get Kyrie. Blessing in disguise. Brandon, I'm going to begin with you, my friend, because we've been talking about this for quite some time. Um, the Lakers are not only above 500. They are hosting a postseason game in front of fans for the first time in 10 years. Yes, that sounds crazy, but you got to remember 2020, it was in the bubble. 2021, when they were in the first round, there were no fans there. Tonight is the first time in 10 years they are hosting a postseason game with fans. I think they win tonight. According to Circus Sports, they are a heavy favorite. And if they do, we go on to the postseason Sunday night against the Grizzlies. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But Brandon, your thoughts on tonight? Yeah, I mean, it could go one of two ways. I've There's a lot of people that are saying the Lakers are going to prove it, show up, win by double digits. Then there's people like me who still think they'll coast a little bit. I yeah. don't think this game means as much to them as some people may think. I think they believe they should be in a playoff series against Memphis and they will get to that series. And remember, no Rudy Gobert, no, no Jane McDaniels. I feel like this could be a, another one of those coasting nights. They'll play better than they did the past I just two hope games. Not, and I know what you're saying, and you could be right. And by the way, like, yeah, it'd be, it, w- it really shocked me at the end of this season games that they had to win or should win. They did coast. I just got to believe, and I could be wrong, and I hope I'm not, that it's the playoffs. I mean, yes, it's the play in tournament, but effectively, this is the playoffs. The, the playoffs begin tonight. Uh, if they win, they advance into the actual playoffs, a seven game series against the Grizzlies. I just don't, like after what this team has been through, not just this season, but a year ago, and again, below 500, not even in the play-in tournament. I mean, if you're coasting now, like what the heck are you doing? Yeah, I'm with you. I think more of that is going to be on like, I do think they're going to play better. I do think it's going to be at least a three-point win. I know that's not what Laker fans want to hear. The spread's about eight. A lot of people think they're going to win by double digits, and they probably should based on what we've seen over the past month, month and a half, best defense in the NBA. 
you know, top five in net rating. This is a team that, um, you know, the big stats guy for ESPN, Kirk, Skol- Kirk Goldsberry, yeah. thinks that could go to the finals. They're a legitimate contender to go to the finals. Chris Maddox just said that, too. I mean, a yeah. lot of, like, don't want to say dark horse. They are the Lakers. They do have yeah. LeBron James. But that being said, I mean, again, when you said it, and I, I didn't even allow myself to think that, and I have not. I mean, how does that make you feel now that people, again, who cover the league, who cover the league for years, are saying, hey, listen, no dog in the race. This team could go all the way. I mean, it's very great to hear because usually it's a lot of bias involved, and we, we've been super honest about this team. Like, could yeah. they get to the finals and win? Absolutely. But they could also lose in the first round, oh, right? There, I mean, this is a team that has a high ceiling and, you know, the biggest discrepancy before between their floor and ceiling. The fact of the matter is they finished top 11 in defensive rating. I was wrong yesterday. I said they finished 12th. They updated it. They finished 11th. So they do fall in that 14 of the last 15 NBA champions have had a top 11 defensive rating. Yeah. Not saying they're going to win because there are plenty of other teams with a top 11 defensive rating in the NBA playoffs. But that's a good sign. Today, I think it's going to be, tonight, I think it's going to be about D'Angelo Russell. I think it's going to be about the ex-Timberwolves players. They're going to go off. Beasley, Russell, Vanderbilt are going to have great games. We're going to see a, a little more coasting from Anthony. Davis, yeah. I feel like. Although he should dominate. There's no Rudy Gobert. No one can guard him. Yeah. But I do think it's a D'Angelo Russell masterclass. We see him score 30 points. GA was talking to one of the odds makers. I was one talking to one of the odds makers <laughs> at Circa, and he said the line could get up to nine before tip-off. I mean, we're talking about a play-in tournament game for the Lakers. I mean, your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm still amazed that they're hosting a play-in tournament game. I'm just so happy that they're here. But not only are they favored to win by a point or two, again, could be favored by nine when the ball is about to be tipped off tonight at Crypto.com Arena. I mean, take the points, guys. I agree with that, right? Take I mean, the I don't points. think to Brandon's point, like I, I don't think it'll be a blowout. No. And, like, let's just say at some point in the third quarter, if they're up by, uh, you know, 15 and we're feeling good, we all know the NBA. They're, they're going to let down. They're yeah, gonna, I think five. they win, but yeah, they, they, I mean, nine point would be a heck of a spread. I mean, a lot of the, look, a good news for Lakers fans, a lot of strategic betters are doing exactly what GA says. They're laying the points on the Lakers. Yeah. They really think the Lakers, this is a double-digit win for them. Mm-hmm. If you look at just the sheer talent on both teams, the Timberwolves just have Cat and, and Edwards. They I have nobody to say, guard LeBron, nobody to guard Davis, if right? You have, yeah, if, uh, considering how decimated you know the other team is, that, that's why you lay the points, In the right? locker room stuff. I yeah, mean, I know they came the, back and won, yeah. but... Right, Arash, I mean, that's a big 100%, deal. percent I, I just wonder what is the psyche of this team now when you have a situation like that, when you have a, a teammate punching someone else, Draymond Green kind of coming out saying, well, you know what? He said what a lot of people think around the league, that Gobert is soft. Um, just worst time of the year <laughs> to have this kind of controversy around the team. And then, by the way, I think things are better with the Grizzlies, but I, I, I still go back to what that team went through with John Moran, right? And, and like, again, if I were to rank the teams, I would want the Lakers to play. I would begin with the Sacramento Kings, and then it's kind of like a toss-up between the Grizzlies and the Nuggets because I do think the Lakers can beat the Nuggets. That being said, like I, I, I'm not as high on the Grizzlies as some people are. Again, they've not been in the conference finals. They've not been to the finals. They've not. They've played postseason games, but again, I always go back to experience this time of year. And LeBron James has been there. And Anthony Davis yeah. has been there. so And we still have that stat, right? LeBron James has never missed the NBA Finals with a healthy superstar next to him. Davis got hurt a few years ago. 
Russell Westbrook was certainly not a superstar no. last year. Um, I mean, that's a crazy statistic. So yeah. if we're looking at that, I mean, I mean, I know he's not the same player he was just three or four years ago, but it's going to be about, it's crazy to say that LeBron's the X factor because that seems so obvious. And so, you know, of course LeBron is the X factor, sure. but he's been playing some games really bad recently. ISO ball, bad shots. Yeah. And some, you know, that last game against Utah, he looked great. So I think it's going to be about him taking this game to another level, which you know, we know he will, but it's how much, how much can he lead this Lakers team? Because yeah. Reeves is playing great basketball. Russell is, um, you know, I think, Getting Hachimura out there is going to be important. Who knows, man? Memphis, remember, best road, uh, best home record in the NBA. That's the key. I think that's the key if one or two things happen. If the Grizzlies take a 2-0 lead to start the series, that's going to be tough. The Lakers have to find a way to steal one of those first two games. And then if you have a game seven... So two things will be in play. And again, we're going way ahead, but really quickly, if there's a game seven in that series, you have a, the Grizzlies, you know, how great they've been at home. But then LeBron James in the game seven, just give me LeBron James. Give me Anthony Davis. If this Lakers team is healthy, give me those two guys in a game seven situation, but um, don't want to go too far you know, like, again, we have a game tonight. I do think the Lakers win, and I think that they go on the road to play the Grizzlies on Sunday in game one. Let's switch over to the Clippers real quick. Again, that playoff matchup is set 4-5 matchup. It does seem like the Clippers did want to avoid that matchup. Didn't, I mean, in a weird way, didn't want to be the five seed. They would have preferred to be the six seed and played the uh, Kings. Uh, we talked about this before, but, you know, now that we have some time to kind of dig deep, you still feel this, the same way again. The Suns not a deep team, but can the Clippers beat the Suns? Absolutely. I mean, I know Armani Buckets, who's not here, believes the Clippers are going to going to beat the Suns. I think there's a high chance. I do think the Suns do win that series in six or seven. We discussed this yesterday. Um, just on sheer talent, Booker, Durant, I know they don't have much of a bench. Again, the bench is diminished in the playoffs. You're going to play seven or eight guys if you want. Um, I think that's going to be a big difference. It's going to be about Westbrook. We've yeah. said this. Westbrook's been playing great. Will that continue? Will he be able to take over games and meaningful basketball games? Because we've seen a lot of times Westbrook can take over in non-meaningful basketball games. And no offense to him. Um, but, you know, even in the Lakers game, great yeah. start. Kind of washed out in the second half. Other guys had to step up. You know, that can't happen in a series against Phoenix where they're going to play Book and Durant 35-plus minutes. First of all, you have Kawhi and Durant. Who's going to guard book yeah. you know what i'm saying like do you want to play robert covington more do you yeah. want him on book you know do you want him on durant do you want to switch Kawhi to booker i mean there's going to be a lot of switching involved remember the suns are not by no means a complete team i know they're eight no but their record against the, who they played were like b teams and teams that weren't going to the playoffs with durant there's a lot of questions on both ends but i do think the clippers make this a six or seven game series yeah. regardless yeah and i think that they can go i mean they're a lot deeper than phoenix is Absolutely. and that's just a fact yeah. um vegas has them at 40 to one. Oh, interesting i mean to win to win the whole thing by the yeah, way yeah, to yeah. win the whole thing um I want to take those odds so bad yeah. because I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's free money, but like, it's, those are some nice odds. And considering like, I think that they're a lot deeper and they could make a run. I have more faith that Kawhi's, I know a lot of people are like, well, Paul George is out. You know, you really, really need him. I'm like, I, I have more faith in Kawhi than I will ever have in Paul George. So I, I, with that, I still think that the Clippers can make that run and can't possibly beat the Suns. I mean, he is one of the best forward. postseason players we've yeah. seen, right? He, so. He's the only one with actual NBA finals experience on that squad. 
Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's who you want. Yeah. That's why you reached out and, and, well, and gave then, up the farm for him. And then you probably get George back in the second round if yeah. you win. So exactly. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody's projecting, right? Is that he would come back yes, by the second. You know, because again, the, the difference between him and Kawhi, and again, the only reason that I bring up Kawhi is that the Clippers were coy about, you know, how badly he was hurt. We've seen Paul George walk without a boot. Again, a big difference between that and practicing. That being said, however, LeBron James kind of did the, the same thing where, like, he was in a boot, wasn't practicing. The next thing we know, he's back playing. So, you know, He's projected to be out for the first round, could maybe come back if there's a game seven and you kind of need him for that. But at the very least, if they advance, we'll be back for the second round of that playoffs. But you have two teams here built to win it all this year. Two teams here with superstars in place where you really do have to wonder where they go. Again, KD's with the Suns for a few more years. Um, but with the Clippers, you know, I mean, this was supposed to be their year. And if they go out in the first round following uh, losing in the play-in tournament a year ago, it's like, you know, we really do have to look at like what this Clippers team has been. Again, they have not been fully healthy. However, they were fully healthy in the bubble when they had that 3-1 lead against the Nuggets and lost. Again, they're not healthy now, but uh, Paul George, again, expected to come back at some point if they can advance. But, gee, I mean, you know, what, what, do the Cl- what do the Clippers do? Again, they can run this back. And maybe you say, listen, if 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 we're healthy, maybe we have a chance to win the whole thing. But this was the team. Me and Brandon had them going to the finals. I had them as my top team in the West. And again, this entire season, they were around 500. They were, you know, five, six. Again, they were in position to be in the play-in tournament on the last day of the season. Yeah, it's been a really disappointing end of the season for Clipper fans, I think, personally, because obviously if you just looked at the roster pre-Russell Westbrook, you're thinking we're winning everything, right? Because look at that roster. Look how deep it is. Look how well they they all played with each other. I'm not not putting shade on Russ whatsoever because he's done a phenomenal job considering what he's been thrown into. Um, I don't know what they can do. I think that's above my pay grade. I I mean, I I would love for them to figure it out quicker than uh, sooner than later but i i don't know I, what what do they do you know i mean do they do they stick with the rotation that they have with this the starting guys that they have they figure then you know m- move over later like what what do they do i think you have to make a trade yeah um i mean i know the hawks you could look at trey young or dejounte murray um that's a possibility you could look at carl anthony towns if the wolves lose in the plan um that's I would love to always have a, towns. that's always a possibility you know i think you have to look at different avenues i mean fred van fleet's a free agent d'angelo russell's a free agent um you know like there's Kyrie. do you <laughs> i know it's kind of crazy <laughs> but like i mean here's know? the thing i love I, I i'm not an anti-kyrie fan um, but that's I only because he went to Duke. You would be if you didn't go to Duke. Let's <laughs> be real. She, no, 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 no. I have other guys that uh, that are Dukies that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, it's few and it's it's few between. I'm not going to blow up his spot. But um, yeah, I I just don't I I don't think where's it going to fit. Where's it going to fit? Who who are you going to repl- who are you going to replace? Who are you going to drop? Westbrook. Well, Don't other than Westbrook, like, other than yeah, Westbrook, I, I think he yeah. fits in perfectly with that team. Yeah. You have enough defense where you can hide him. I mean, I think you got if you had Kawhi, Paul George, and Kyrie on the team, they'd be the favorites next year. 
I mean, this is all due to health, though. Let's yeah. keep, keep that into consideration. Of course, and Kyrie brings a lot of baggage. We know that. Yeah, so a I lot mean, of drama to the locker room. And, and I do think he'll resign with the Mavs. I mean, they're going to give him the money he wants. I think that's a bad yeah. decision by the Mavs part, but hey. It is so crazy what happened with that team. And again, you, you don't want to put the whole thing on Kyrie, but that being said, I mean, the way Luca, it was like the life was sucked out of him. It yeah. Was like the joy that he had playing this game. Um well, what, what something happened? What about this, GA? Yeah. James Harden? <laughs> absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Where, again, where is he going to fit? It's the same thing as Kyrie. You got James Harden. He'll win you some games until you get to. I want to win April. rings. I don't want to win a game. I don't want to win games. Yeah. I want to yeah, win games titles. Get you there. Harden is not going to win hey, us a if title. Ty Lue had his way. Y'all would have 30 wins with Marcus Morris starting every game and playing 40. <laughs> uh, I mean, literally, if you have that guy off the team, you win 50 that, plus that games. That I agree with. That I agree with. I would be very okay if Marcus Morris was no longer on the Clippers. I, but it's okay. He's packed his back to the Gong Dong Tigers already. <laughs> I mean, we got a new team. The, the Marcus Cousins signed with a team. I know. Yeah, Puerto Rico. What is it? What is it? Called? Gotta, it's called the. And I don't know if I'm, I'm going to mis mispronounce it. By the way, like you know, <laughs> the big. Getting in the playing tournament, the Marcus Cousins signs with a Puerto Rican. This Rican is after he team. said he was the third best center. He in the did league. <laughs> the third best center in the league. Uh, yeah, I don't know Guay Guanabo Mets. The Mets. I'm not even going to try. Where is that? It's on the first line. Yeah. Oh, Guanabo, Guanabo, Guanabo Mets. That's another like option for Marcus uh, Morris next Marcus year. Morris. <laughs> I know, I know Hassan Whiteside's playing in the Puerto Rican league too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. People, uh, that's one of those things like Hassan Whiteside had a 27 PR last year. It was top 10 in basketball. How is he not in the NBA? He must, yeah. there's gotta know, be other, there's gotta there. be another, there's gotta be some underlying things with him and similar with the Marcus cousins. Well, the Marcus cousins also, can't guard a parked car anymore, so that, <laughs> that's I mean, another reason Nick, why. What is it? Um, Father Time's undefeated? Yeah. I mean, he still could score. Before we go to a break, USC needed some help on defense. We were hoping for a new defensive coordinator. Brandon, we don't, but we have a new head coach. New, no, sorry, new uh, quarterbacks coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Again, who had a cup of coffee to be the USC um, offensive coordinator. What are those fascinating turns in coaching history where he gets fired by Texas Tech, is not does not have a job. USC gives him the offensive coordinator position. Out of nowhere, he gets the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, and listen, now he's found his way back again. I, I think for him, it's sort of uh, working with Caleb for a year. I mean, obviously, this is not like a long term fit. But I mean, he's again, he's not the coordinator. He's just the quarterbacks coach. Your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury coming to USC? I think it's it's not going to hurt. I mean, he worked with Patrick Mahomes at yeah. Texas Tech, right? So, I mean, they think Caleb is the closest thing to Mahomes. A lot of scouts do. So, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And then he's good for Malachi Nelson, too. The guy's going to play That's quarterback right. once Caleb leaves. I mean, he's he, look, he's an excellent quarterbacks coach and working with quarterbacks. Yeah. He's just not a good head coach. So, I, no. I think this is a this is a home run type of higher if you can get a guy this qualified to be your quarterback's coach. I will say this. So uh, when he was hired at USC, he quickly changed his uh, Twitter um, handle, top, not his handle, but the picture. Top picture. So not mm -hmm. the profile picture. The top picture was of Manhattan Beach. He loves the beach. He loves Manhattan Beach. We've um, had a few uh, drinks at Strand House before. So I got to imagine he's going to enjoy himself at USC Strand House, by the way, where, you know, 
Kiffin, Carroll used to, you know, that's where they would close the recruits. I mean, yeah. USC's not yeah. where it's next nowhere to Manhattan right. Beach, but uh, again, we have a lot of coaches who live here, a lot of players who uh, come back here to live. But um, listen, I, I have no doubt if if this deal happens, which is 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 projected to happen this week, that Cliff Kingsbury will be moving to Manhattan Beach. Last thing I'll say, he's back from back from Taiwan or Indonesia or wherever well, yeah, he was. I mean, people were saying like, you know, he's not gonna like. Okay, well, at some point he's gonna come back. So like, you know, and now he's back, and not that he needs. I mean, he was living work. life. Yeah. I mean, he still has all he that has, all that money. Yeah, but here's the thing. You know? uh, he's one of those where. Um, you won't see him taking a picture with a significant other, but it's usually an Instagram model. And so uh, you have an idea LA is perfect of for what him. yacht he's <laughs> on or what beach house he has. And so I have no doubt he's going to be up the street. He likes end. Hollywood, to G- say the I'm, least. I'm, I'm sure GA will be the one to like break the news for us if she sees him. at. Uh, I mean, I'll let you know if I see him, but you've, you've seen him you know, yeah. out and about. And Manhattan yeah. Beach is obviously where a lot of notable people desire to live so yeah especially if they want their privacy so yeah exactly. yeah this just makes perfect sense in terms of a you know short-term fit i have no doubt he'll be he'll be back as an offensive coordinator perhaps as a college head coach next year but in the meantime he will be the quarterback coach offensive assistant at usc working with caleb williams um so again i have no problem with USC scoring points. They just have to stop teams from scoring points. All right, let's leave it there for now. Uh, We are going to talk about the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Jihei was out there talking to the race car drivers, so we'll have, you'll hear her chat with all them when we come back on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. time there's nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. And if you call, you might win tickets for the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Um, And again, normally we would go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, but we actually sent out Jihei to physically be the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. She got to uh, chat with um, a lot of race car drivers gee hey but you can kind of explain this is the highlight of your uh, year i mean listen i know you love march madness and the final four and all that good stuff but uh this is the date you circle on the circle on the calendar of each and every year absolutely i mean there's nothing like it you know i don't i don't know if anybody's ever gone to like an indie car race or like any kind of grand prix it's just electric you can't you you can't describe it unless you're really there but i'm gonna try um just the reverberation of the the track 
that you can feel the sounds, the smells um, that exhaust is gnarly. I'm not going <laughs> to lie on that one. Um, and then also getting to meet these drivers are so humble. They're so kind. Um, I talked with Alex Paolo. Um, he, I believe he won um, a couple years ago, uh, the, the Grand Prix as well, won um, a Grand Prix. And it, it was just so wonderful to talk to him. And then also to talk to Sheena Monk. I mean, uh, female drivers are few and far between, right? So when you get them, you got to grab them, right? And she was so generous with her time. And uh, she's just, she's a rising star. She actually started out late in her career. So she started at 27. So uh, it it was a pleasure to talk to her to just, you know, even just experience the track as well, get into those cars, which was amazing. So I was very grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful every year that I get to go to the Grand Prix and hopefully I will be there this weekend. So if anybody calls in for those tickets, we can, we can all go together. Whoa, look at that. Jihei is is saying, not only can you go and win tickets, she will actually physically uh, meet you there. Uh, Jihei, what is it like before we go to your conversations? What is it like to get Get inside that car. I mean, it is an amazing thing. It is incredible. There, there is again. It's it's the second time I've done it. I wasn't able to go into. I didn't have time, unfortunately, to go into the drift car, and that's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, but it is an incredible feeling um, when you can just feel the G force of that car getting into a. Uh, a Grand Prix cars is, is, is incredible. So you, you definitely feel it. Um, the first, I think like five seconds that you're in the car, you're accelerating. So you're getting to, you're not even at the hundred mile per hour mark, yeah. you know, in the first five seconds. And then once you finally get into the groove, it's amazing. So I had an incredible time. I can't wait to go and actually watch these guys in action. Can't wait to watch the drift. That's one of my favorite events. So, well, I love it. Uh, with that said, let's, uh, Go out to your conversations, Jihei, when you, you were out there talking to, to these drivers. And uh, again, if you guys want to go 310-400-0340, we are giving away tickets for the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. With that said, here's Jihei Wiley with a couple of the drivers. Here was Alex Palo for the Acura Long Beach Grand Prix. Is it Ale or Alex? Do you have a preference? Alex, you have a preference. You have a beautiful accent, by the way. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know if a lot of people comment on that or not. No. Um, some people here in U.S., but yeah, I mean, it is what it is uh, <laughs> yeah. from Spain. So yeah, it's normal for probably normal in Spain, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Alex, thank you again so much for taking the time. Um, I know you're extremely, extremely busy. I wanted to talk to you about first your start into racing. You started really, really young. You started at five with go-kart racing um, and none of your family is involved in, in this, right? So how did you get the motivation? How did you get the desire to want to do this? Yeah, I mean, I started when I was five, um, as you said, with go-karts. Um, as nobody in my family was uh, from motorsport, we didn't really start as uh, wanting to be a professional race car driver. It was more just as a hobby, having fun during the weekends with my my mom, my dad, um, just doing some laps. And then everything got a bit serious. Um, did some races uh, around in my town, then did some races in Spain, uh, then in Europe, then the World Championship, and uh, suddenly we started moving, and now we're here. So super uh, happy. I think I've been super lucky to have the opportunity I have now. Um, and the motivation just comes from having a rental go-kart track in between my house and my school. So uh, as a kid, I would see uh, every day twice uh, that some people doing laps there. And I guess I just wanted to try. So that's how we started. 
Oh, I love that story. I love the fact that you hung out with your family during that whole entire time too, right? Because family is just so important. Um, I wanted to skip over to your rookie season that you spent in Japan, which, first of all, talk about living in Japan. I'm half Korean, so I love, love, I love Japan. I know that sounds really controversial, but I love Japan. So how was your rookie season in Japan? Yeah, it was great. I did uh, two years in Japan, 2019. I was living there uh, the full year. It was before coming here into the U.S. Uh, doing IndyCar, but um, it was great. I love that uh, that country. It's really small. It's really busy. I uh, love the culture, learn a lot. And yeah, it was it was a fun experience that I got. Uh, still travel there whenever I have time uh, to visit some friends that I did there. Um, and it will forever be one of my best experience I had. Um, not only professionally, but especially uh, personally, it was uh, really good times that I had there. Yeah. Um, God, I, I feel like we can talk just about Japan for a very long time with you, but I'm just going to move on because I know you don't have a lot of time. So um, you were the 2021 IndyCar Series champ. Um, can we talk about that a little bit? How was that experience for you? And also, I want to talk about your international um, you know, play as well, because this is such a wonderful sport, right? In, in the IndyCar racing, it's just a wonderful sport. And it doesn't take you just you know, to Spain. It takes you to Japan. It takes you to you know, Indianapolis. It takes you all over the country, all over the world. So um, I just wanted you to speak on a winning that um, car series first, and then be comparing everything else um, internationally, international play. Yeah, I mean, as a racing driver, um, I was happy to just be part of IndyCar. But once you are already a driver, you want to win, uh, and obviously, winning the championship, it's um, it's the be best thing that you can achieve in IndyCar, a part of the Indy 500 as well. But super happy. It was my second year in in IndyCar, um, which came, uh, let's say the championship came earlier than we expected. And as you said, motorsport, it's it's beautiful. It took me not only to Spain, Europe, um, then to Asia, um, and now here in US, and not only like in one city or one uh, state, but racing uh, in different states um, all around US. So it's been uh, a great experience so far, and I'm, I'm still enjoying every single trip that I do. Uh, and sometimes I get to spend some time uh, in the cities and um, and experiment a little bit more. Sometimes I don't really have time. It's only the race, the hotel, um, and the airport, and that's it. But it's a fun, fun job for sure. Um, and I feel really lucky to be uh, to be here. Second to last question, I swear. Um, how would you compare the Long Beach Grand Prix to others, and um, how is your experience so far? in Long Beach because I know this is not your first race here so yeah I, I would say it's our second uh, most important event in in the calendar after the Indianapolis 500 we get an amazing uh, crowd amazing atmosphere the fans get really close to the drivers to the cars which I think they get uh, an amazing experience and then for the drivers this is one of the best street courses uh, really bumpy really high speed and it's really challenging to get the best lap time out of the car and out of the track so super fun uh, it's one of my best, uh, I have one of my best memories here uh, because I won the championship here. So obviously it's always going to be special. Um, and now it's it's time to try and win the race uh, the next the next weekend. So we'll, we'll do our best. I think we have a good team around us. And yeah, it's going to be a great event for sure. 
Well, guys, that was Alex Powell. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend, or sorry, next weekend. Um, I can't wait to I can't wait to see you win, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, hope everybody enjoys uh, doing the GP of Long Beach. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to promote or um, say or no? Nothing. I love it, Alex Powell. Thank you. All right, I'm here with Sheena Monk. Thank you so much, first of all, for your time. I know you are extremely busy, especially this time of the year. Um, I mean, just in any race in general. Um, wanted to talk to you about, let's first dive into the fact that you are one of only a few handful of female drivers and what that means kind of in this male-dominated sport. Originally, when I got into the sport, I didn't put so much emphasis on that. Um, I was just somebody that was out there chasing their dreams and doing what they loved. And, you know, the, the magnitude and the significance of, you know, what I was part of eventually became evident. And, you know, so now I, I take that aspect uh, pretty seriously just to know that there's people looking up to you and, um, you know, that appreciate you kind of being a figurehead in the sport that isn't really widely female uh, dominated. So it's, it's been a, a real privilege to to just be out there and and know that you're inspiring you know young young women older women um i got into this sport professionally pretty late i was 27 and so um i, I think that people look at that and they say okay maybe later in my life i can try something and um pursue my dreams i mean that is a huge inspiration how have you been received uh, not only in this community um, from day one but also you know based maybe back at home or just like in general across the u.s and internationally i feel like it's a little bit more inclusive versus here it wouldn't be as much so i'm just i'm just wondering about that yeah sure i think in europe just in general racing is um uh, more widely known about um but as far as my acceptance goes, I think, you know, from, from day one, I would say that uh, generally speaking, I've had pretty good experiences, you know, uh, within the paddock with other drivers, um, you know, from teams. And, and I think that, you know, you, you give respect and then you get respect. So uh, I don't necessarily look at that as a gender issue. It's just I think when you're a respectful competitor, um, you know, like I kind of knew coming in that, you know, I was a beginner and, and um, there was a lot for me to learn. And so I was willing to, you know, maybe fight people a little easier um, just because I didn't want to be the one that made mistakes and pushing people off the track when they were fighting for championships and I'm still trying to get my feet wet. And so I think it's, you know, it starts from being willing to, to give that kind of respect. And then, you know, down the road, people are like, okay, well, you know, you gave me some concessions while you were still in the learning phases. Um, Maybe now I'm not quite so friendly or so giving, but um, yeah, I think in general, everybody's just been very accepting. Well, that's great to actually hear because obviously women in broadcasting, women in, you know, obviously dominating male, male sport. It's great. It's great to hear. Um, let's talk about the upcoming race um, coming up that you will be competing in, Emsa. Um, maybe speak on that. How, how much are you looking forward to coming here specifically Long Beach? Just because I know that you are from PA and it's a little cold over there versus here. It's not so much, I mean, it's windy right now, but other than that, um, how does that track compare to other ones that you have? Well, so I am racing in the IMSA Weather 
Tech Sports Car Championship, and this is my first season at this level. So this was a step up for me. So, you know, this is like me making it to the big leagues. Um, so all the races so far have been very exciting, but it's um, pretty difficult with the amount of traffic because it's multi-class racing. I have a little bit of multi-class experience in the past, but normally I'm in the faster class. And um, now with me being in the GTD category, it's actually the slowest class. So I'm constantly dealing with, um, you know, faster cars that are coming around us. And it's just about finding a flow um, around the racetrack. And so you're not losing time as they come through. Uh, but to be here for the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, it's very exciting. This is my first street course experience. So um, it's going to be a little bit challenging. You know, you got to get really close to the walls, but not too close. Um, yeah, so it, it's just going to be, um, you know, I'm going to have to be pretty dialed in. I think it's going to be kind of intense. And again, it's it's just with that extra traffic that it becomes a bit more interesting. Um, if it was just other people in my class, it's probably a little bit easier to dip my toe into that water. Um, but, you know, you're constantly worrying about what's around you and who's kind of popping up out of nowhere just because the, the variance in speed is so great. So, you know, one second, there's nobody there. And then you look back in your mirror and then somebody's there. I've been on that on that course, and it's just incredible that you're even doing what you're doing right now. I think just in general, the male female does not matter. It's an incredible thing that, that you're doing. I want to talk about um, before I let you go because I know you have places to go, people to see, cars to drive. Um, I, I want to talk to you about how you got started in this and what advice you can give to racers in general. Because I love the fact that you said what you said earlier that it's not about gender, right? It's about you're good, you're bad. Bad, you're, you know, it's one or the other, right? Like respect is earned, etc. So um, I just want to um, ask you maybe what are the, what can you like say to future drivers out there that want to be in your spot? So I would say that the opportunities have been there in the past, but it wasn't necessarily widely known about, especially in the United States. So like my co-driver, Catherine Legg, she comes from England. And so I think, you know, as she was growing up, um, you know, kids are karting and motorsports is just more widely watched and accepted over there. Um, you know, back when she was younger, whereas when I was a kid, you know, we did have karting, but I just don't think it was, um, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't in America look at racing like we look at football or soccer or baseball or any of those, you know, conventional sports here. So I think now, like, there's some TV shows that have caused a, a growth um, in awareness for the sport, uh, which is positive. But I think, um, you know, I grew up go-karting and dirt biking recreationally because my father raced uh, motorcycles professionally. So, you know, it was always a fun thing and it, obviously a dream and a goal to turn pro, but it's kind of like, how do you do that? And so um, my path is very atypical in that sense because I, I ended up doing it later in life. But I think, you know, if there's a young you know, boy or girl that's interested in the sport, the best thing to do would just be to get them go-karting and um, doing that competitively. You know, like kids here are used to um, playing maybe some t-ball or, or, yeah, so, or, sport. Yeah, or, so, or some flag football. But, you know, if, if somebody shows a passion in motorsports at a young age, then karting is definitely the way to go. Uh, I love it. Well, sage-wise advice here. Guys, thank you, uh, thank you so much for your time. 
um, really appreciate it, especially I know that there's so much going on for you probably right now. So um, thank you for your time. And anything that you would like to uh, No, thank you. Thank you for having us. And we hope to see the fans out and cheering on our number 66, JG Wentworth, Gradient Racing, Acura NSX GT3 Evo 22. All right, that was G. Hey Wiley. Uh, yeah, listen, I mean, it, it was fun for you to kind of catch up with these uh, drivers. What is that experience like? I mean, do you, do you watch this during the course of the season? I mean, obviously now people are getting very much excited about these races. There's a movie coming out as well with these guys. Uh, I mean, uh, do you do you do you track them during the course of the season, GA? I actually do. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do watch um, a lot of Grand Prix. I do. Um, I the reason why I love the drift, by the way, is just because I don't know how those guys do what they do because there's a lot of push and stopping um, and starting throughout that whole entire track, right? And it's a really yeah. short course, so it's it, and to be in that car, by the way, too, phenomenal. I just, again, I, I couldn't do this for a living, but I'm very, very jealous. Also, I've um, been a fan of drag racing, of, uh, you know, drift cars, of, you know, NASCAR, IndyCar for a while. I know that sounds really odd. It's like the most random sport to be a fan of um, in yeah, Southern California. College hoop. No, it's not college. People, you track high school basketball. So of the... If I were to rank the odd things G.K. Wiley follows, <laughs> this is not the number this one. This is not number one? Well, because we have Carlos Boozer. You're like, Carlos, I've been uh, watching you since you were in high school. And <laughs> yeah, he doesn't I mean, know whether to take that as a compliment. Or, I mean, I would. <laughs> I mean, the, the one thing that I saw from him when I knew he was going straight to the NBA was that he dunked over two guys in the middle of like just That's right. pretty much almost a practice type of game for him. So, um, yeah, I, that that was a fortunate, um, it's a, a very fortunate bump into so so oh, to speak to be that. able to go to that because i was in high school when i i mean he's and our age so the mac mcclung you'd followed him since he was like a teenager i know that is kind of weird yeah. <laughs> that that sounds a little creepy but he's a, he's a phenomenal talent um yeah. and i've been preaching his i have been singing his praises for years yeah. so i'm glad he's getting his shine i'm glad he's getting his flowers but yeah no these these drivers it's very humbling it's very yeah, humbling cool to talk is, to them GA, like it takes over all of long beach so it's not like you know, yeah some of these um you got to drive out to Fontana to like a racetrack. I mean, this takes over or like downtown. the Pomona da exactly. Fairway and stuff. This yeah, takes over to downtown Long Beach. You drive past the aquarium, the hotels. I mean, what is that like? Again, you've been to Long Beach when it's normal, and now it is. You, know, you got cars zooming past. You know the the um, um, Hooters and Bubblegum <laughs> Shrimp and the aquarium. It's it's really cool to see. No, it's amazing. It's incredible that they can transform that area so quickly as they, as they do. Right. Yeah. So um, it is a beautiful backdrop. I'm not going to lie. You know, I mean, obviously I think um, Monte Carlo is a little bit nicer, but um, it's still very, very, it's very beautiful. City of Long Beach does a great job. Um, there should be a lot of entertainment as well yeah. um, late, later on the day for the kids and for, you know, the adults as well. So it's, it's a fun event guys, please. If you, even if you don't win tickets, I highly suggest going. Oh yeah, for sure. No doubt. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.